You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Captain America strikes again. Welcome into Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Producer and co-host is the one, the only, never duplicated, underappreciated, Mr. James Mesh. Irreplaceable. Okay. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Calm down now. R-E-A-L-X. Relax. It's a little much. Irreplaceable? Hmm. Yeah. It's debatable. I, s- I can see your... Uh... Your computer screen. I can see what tabs you're on. You can see my computer screen? Uh, Because I can already tell that you're looking up Kristen Pulisic jerseys. Oh, dude. (laughs) I can already tell. It's a shame that I don't have one already. I know. You're you're just not a true fan. I mean... Look. (laughs) you, you, You walked into the match with one goal in mind. Win. That's all you had to do. Just win. Christian Pulisic delivered for you in the 38th minute. And now the man is laying in a hospital bed with an abdominal injury, probably never going to have children because of it, and still sending out Snapchat saying, don't worry, I'll be back Saturday. I'll be ready to roll. It's okay. What he's a, a founding father. What a guy. Oh, he's he, he better be. Y'all, y'all better carve a fifth face on Mount Rushmore. Holy moly! That guy deserves it. Good old Captain America. The man delivers. And it was already in conversation. But now the better he plays in the World Cup, I guarantee you, there's gonna, he's going to make some money this summer when his contract with Chelsea ends. Manchester United's looking at him. Uh, Arsenal is supposedly in the mix for him. So he, he could make some serious money this summer if he if he keeps this up. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And then here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. So now the U.S. is, is through. They will be in the round of 16. Um, Sweet and, 16, baby. Mm, We'll see if it's sweet. They've got the Netherlands up first uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. So, James, that that means means you're going to have to wake up a little bit early Saturday morning. (laughs) Impossible. You you can take a nap in the afternoon, but you're going to have to wake up early and turn your TV on. Impossible. No, 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 not impossible. You're going to do it because you're an American. That's what you do. You believe. Say it with me. I believe that. We will win. I believe that, that we, we will win. win. I believe that, that we will win. win. I believe that we will win. Okay. That was fun. Um, so, yeah. You know, obviously, you look at the table. This, you and I talked about it. This is a matchup that seems kind of winnable for the U.S. Because you, you look at the group, you know, you, you sit there and go, oh, well, 
you know, they won their group, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's true, they, they 100% did. But at the same time, they might have had one of the easiest groups. I was going to say they had who, Cutter. It was Cutter. They had... Senegal oh, and Ecuador. Like, what? Now, Senegal's not Senegal's, horrible. Senegal's not that bad. They're, I mean, not, they're not bad. They're one of the teams that, that made it into the 16. But... But, I mean, it's not like they're... Yeah, I, I still feel like this is a real. That's a that is a team that you could beat and get into the elite eight. Oh, I agree. I th- I really think you have a good chance of winning that. I I agree. I I definitely agree. Um. So yeah, you will play, like I said, Saturday morning at nine a.m. from the Khalifa International Stadium with the U.S. and the Netherlands. So we will preview that. Throughout the week. Also today, we're going to be talking a lot of college football. We're going to look ahead for LSU to the SEC championship game. We're going to preview all of the conference championship games at 530 with our guy Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network. And then at 430, we're going to talk with our man Noah Frary. He hosts the Frary and Smith podcast, which is a Sunbelt football podcast. We're going to talk with him about the Cajuns and, and, and where they could go. For, for a bowl game perspective, because, you know, if you look at bowl projections online, there's two bowl games that really stand out as, you know, these are possibilities. And then you have one or two bowls that, you know, kind of would make sense. And then you got one that you just look at and go, huh? And I actually wrote a story about that on our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame. Dot com. So the two that make sense are the Independence Bowl and the Frisco Bowl. Those are the two that, you know, you see the most projections having the Cajuns go to. And then, you know, there's there's obviously still talk of the New Orleans Bowl, and then there's talk of the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile. But James, you ready for the, the, the bowl that was really the head scratcher for me? The New Orleans Bowl? No. The, the one person that picked them to go to New Orleans? No, that, that's not a head scratcher. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, but everybody's complaining, and I've been hearing you and Clint talk about the last few days. Like, no, that's not going to happen at all. I mean, it probably won't. The only, but and the reason that a lot of people don't want it to happen, it's a couple reasons. Number one, Cajuns have already played in it six times in the last eleven years. Feels like it's kind of lost its luster. Well, and then secondly, it's on a Wednesday night at nine at nine p.m. No, thank you. No, thank you. Have fun in the Superdome, buddy. Not even a little bit. Have fun. You'll be um, back. You'll be back at your house at like four a.m. No, the the one that really want I really want to scratch my head at is the Gasparilla Bowl. Somebody and I forget which website I was looking at, but somebody projected the Cajuns to make the Gasparilla Bowl. Now, that would be an interesting concept because it's in Tampa, Florida. It'd be a great experience for the student athletes. But you would likely, so this bowl projection has the Gasparilla Bowl featuring Wake Forest and Buffalo. So it's either an ACC or an SEC team against a pool of other teams, which is what would, is what essentially the Cajuns would get in on. 
but that just seems odd. Like I have not heard a single person other than this this one bowl projection link the Cajuns to the Gasparilla Bowl. So, I mean, obviously these these analysts know probably they probably know more than I do, but the it just I don't know off the wall to me. But again, Frisco Bowl and the Independence Bowl seem the two most likely. And then you have the New Orleans Bowl and the Lending Tree Bowl still, you know, kind of in the mix. So we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, the bowls don't get announced until Sunday. So we will, like I said, we will keep an eye on that throughout the week. And we will preview it all throughout the week as well. Taking a look at a couple, you know, just top stories in the world of sports. Hugh Freeze was announced as Auburn's head coach today. Uh, had his introductory press conference in Auburn. Also, Willie Fritz has announced that he will not take the job at Georgia Tech and intends to stay at Tulane. Says that he has unfinished business with the Green Wave. And in response, Georgia Tech promoted Brent Key to the head coaching position. Um, Last night, the... Pittsburgh Steelers took down the Indianapolis Colts twenty-four to seventeen. In so, a so much for El Jefe in in a game that was was interesting, to to say the least. What what was with the timeout call? Late in the game. That was that was a strange decision by, or or, or the lack of timeout should I say, um, because. You know, in, in late games, you had the you had the late third down play where the Colts could have called a timeout and, and obviously had the opportunity to get a first down. However, you just rushed up to the line. Jonathan Taylor got stuffed on a third and three, and I mean, just call a timeout. Call a timeout. Let your team regroup run a good play. Especially since you would have called it and you would have saved yourself 20-plus seconds. Right. That's the thing. And so now, today, Jeff Saturday, so post-game last night, he defended the way he handled the clock, said he felt good about the call they made, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, today, I'm, I'm guessing after re-watching the game, he regrets not calling the timeout. So, he said, I wish I had that third down back, and in all honesty, I wish I had used the timeout. Just looking at it on film from a time perspective, I felt good, but you can tell we were in disarray. I should have just called it. I mean, you had three to spare. And you only had, what, 30 seconds left? You you got down to the Pittsburgh 26, and you didn't snap it till 30 seconds. So, what, you You, probably got down with 50? You, like, if... You would have been down to like 53, so you you burn the timeout there. You still got two, and you're at their 26 right? with a third and three, and you would have regrouped. It would have just made so much more sense. And then, you know, some people can obviously argue that, well, you would have given Pittsburgh time to regroup also. And like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's fair, but I would rather have a regrouped offense. If it's a third and one, sure. Right. 
you don't regroup. You just go straight to the line, QB sneak it to get the first down, then call the timeout. Right. Sure. Like, if, if you want to do that to reset the downs, sure, that makes sense. But the fact that it was a third and three, and it's not as much of a gimme, even though even a third one isn't a gimme, you regrouping to come out, coming up with a good third down play to get the first down, then burn another timeout, depending on how much yardage you got. Like, if it was a 12-15, then maybe you... You could go either way at that point, but just right. depending on what it all was, if you get the first down, then you just approach it from there. Now, you know, obviously the the Colts, it, it, it's interesting when you're dealing with an interim coach like this. James, from your perspective, how would you grade the job of of Jeff Saturday thus far? B-minus? I mean, I know, I know they're one and two since he took over, but... I mean, what would I mean? The the two losses they were in it till the end, for the most part. So I mean, you, you got to be kind of impressed with with what he's done. I give it a B minus. Yeah. I mean, first game you come in, you get a big win. Although it was against the Raiders, still you got the win as your first time as a coach in the NFL, and then you lose only by one point to one of the best teams in the league in the Eagles, and then you only lose. Because of inexperience of time management, to me it's you're one and two, but I think it's a solid one and two. No, you can still work with this because you do have some good teams coming up these last few weeks. You got the Cowboys, you got the Vikings, you got the Chargers, you got the Giants, and you got the Texans. To me, I don't, I don't know if you'll be able to beat the Cowboys. I don't feel too great about that one. That one's going to be on Sunday night, but then. You'll be playing the Vikings, who you don't know what kind of how the how the Vikings will play because you could see a, a forty the forty the three loss for the Vikings, or you could see them just play like they have most of the season. But then you feel like the rest of the way, Chargers, I still don't feel good about them. Giants, it feels like they've taken a, a slight step back since losing right before the bye, I believe, or or even after their bye, it feels like they've kind of taken a half step to a, a full step back. And then the the Texans are the Texans. So you feel like if you can't win the first two, you feel a good shot of winning the last three and still ending solid on a seven, nine, and one record. Yeah. No, there, there's there's no question. And that's coming and that's coming up now. And that and that's that's going four and four. If you finish with a solid seven, nine, and one record like you mentioned, does Jeff Saturday get the job? I think I feel like there's a reason why Jim Irsay went straight to Je- to. Yeah, I mean, do, do you, to Jeff do you, Saturday? Do you hire Jeff Saturday at that point? I mean, obviously, you, I I, you I believe to... he's I believe he's the front runner, and unless somebody else absolutely wows you, they just go with they just go with Jeff. Fair enough. Fair enough. The game wants to stuff your stocking with a five hundred dollar Visa gift card. James, who doesn't need five hundred dollars in time for Christmas? I want free five hundred dollar. I mean, Visa gift cards. A- absolutely. But we can't win them. You know what? You know what I could buy with five hundred dollars? Three Christian Pulisic jerseys. <laughs> it's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Buy buy the jersey, buy the ball, and then buy a pair of boots. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for your chance to score that $500 in Visa gift cards, and it's that 
easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armitar Jewelers and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a time out, and when we return, James, could the Rose Bowl no longer be a New Year's Six Bowl game? We'll talk about that next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. I know it's a little early, but you can start NFL Week 13 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'll take a Ramondre Stevenson anytime touchdown, the Bills' money line, and then Josh Allen to throw at least two touchdown passes. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. So before we get to the Rose Bowl conversation, because we will get there, it's very interesting. I've, I've got to share this. Because of the U.S. soccer's new equal pay agreement between the men's national team and the women's national team, World Cup prize money will be split between both teams. So with the U.S. men's national team advancing today, both teams will receive $6.5 million at a minimum because obviously if the U.S. continues to advance, that prize money grows. That is more than what the U.S. women's national team received for winning both the 2015 and 2019 World Cups combined. They only received $6 million for winning both World Cups. Wow. I mean, you're talking future-breaking money for the U.S. women's national team. I mean, that is, that's insane to think about. Um, so as it stands now, both clubs will receive $6.5 million, um, which, is, which is huge. That, that, that goes a long way in, uh, in American soccer. It wouldn't go very far in European soccer, but American soccer, that will, that will go. Yeah, that's chump change for them that'll, and their, and their, uh, their teams, yeah, or their clubs, I'm sorry. That'll go a long way. All right, so the Rose Bowl. This year, so th- this is how historic the Rose Bowl is. This will be the 121st playing of the Rose Bowl. Started in 1902. No, uh, yeah. The college football playoff has issued an ultimatum to the Rose Bowl, giving them a deadline of tomorrow to determine whether the CFP can expand in time for the start of the 2024 season. So here's the hiccup. The playoff wants to keep the Rose Bowl as a semifinal game, 
as a New Year's Six game. Mm -hmm. However, if it is a playoff semifinal, here in recent years, you've seen the College Football Playoff Committee play their semifinals on New Year's Eve. Correct. You wouldn't, you wouldn't technically be able... They would still consider you a New Year's Six because you're playing on New Year's Eve, but the Rose Bowl has always been played on New Year's Day, with the exception of when, the, when New Year's Day falls on a Sunday, they play it on the Monday. So... You know, you, and, you, and with potential playoff, and with them expanding the playoffs, it'd be past. Right, you wouldn't New you Year's wouldn't be able to keep that. Right, it, it would obviously the playoff would the the semifinals would be after New Year's now. So, and, and the Rose Bowl obviously being very historic and and very you know, I don't want to say stuck in their ways, but traditional would would be the word to use. They don't want to leave their four p.m. time slot on New Year's Day. And I can't necessarily say that I blame them. It's a tradition. I don't blame them. Uh, but to me, if you still want, you should still want to be a semifinal game. Well, uh, I I one hundred percent agree. Not a quarterfinal. Um. So so they are reaching they are reaching an impasse there. And once again, the the playoff has, has given the Rose Bowl until tomorrow to agree to the playoffs terms, or you know, you might not be a playoff semifinal. It's interesting. James, do you think maybe the playoffs being a little too harsh? No. No, because to me, you don't want to have you don't want to start the season even earlier. You know what I mean? Because they they already start a week earlier, and they even go into week zero before they get to week one, and week one's before week one of the NFL season. So them starting three weeks ahead of time. To me, I think you just go one week farther back. Yep. And you just extend the season into later into January. So how about this? Looking at the the Texas Longhorns, um, Hudson Card. That name might ring a bell because when it Quinn does. Ewers went down, Hudson Card stepped in as the starter. Now with Quinn Ewers and now Arch Manning coming in, Hudson Card's transferring. Which I mean, that's not really surprising. No. But we also did see a couple of Monique's players hit the yeah, transfer portal. Cam, Cam Ransom is is one of them, um, which also you know doesn't surprise me considering he was he was demoted down to the to the scout offense. That that definitely isn't surprising that he has decided to uh, to move on. Now, speaking of McNeese, tomorrow they've got a tough test on the hardwood. They are traveling to. Knoxville, Tennessee, to take on the Tennessee Volunteers, who are currently ranked 13th in America. So can you say a payday? According to analytics, McNeese currently has a 1.6% chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Of taking down the balls. <laughs> so you're telling me the Cowboys can come out on top. And you can get into the building for as low as $2. Wow. So, I mean... You could buy a could buy a beer at Cajun Field with that. Yeah, you could, you could get some natties at Cajun Field for two dollars. Yeah, nice. I don't know how many other beers you could get for two dollars, but you could definitely get some natties. Uh, so you know, I'm you, gonna be off tomorrow. By the way, you're gonna be off tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna go to that game. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I bet you are. Um, Cadillac Williams, who has done a phenomenal job running Auburn after Brian Harson was fired. 
he announced earlier today that Hugh Freeze has offered him the position of associate head coach, and he will remain on Hugh Freeze's staff at Auburn. Um, he said, it has always been my desire to remain at Auburn. Last night I was able to meet with Coach Freeze, where he shared his core values and vision for the program and the young men he will be coaching. He is a man of faith, and we share many of the same values when it comes to coaching. I'm excited about his vision. I accepted the position and am excited about working with him and learning from him. I ask that the Auburn family join me in supporting Coach Freeze and getting Auburn football back on the winning track. War Eagle. Which, I again, War Eagle. Don't understand. Like, be the Eagles. Why not be the Auburn Eagles? There's, there's way but they're too- also the Plainsmen. There's way too many Tigers. Like, be the Eagles. LSU Tigers. Right. Missouri Tigers. There's two other Tigers in your conference. Like, just be the Eagles. And call it a day. And you could say, war damn Eagle, all you want. Once again, 706-0111 is the game. Hotline here in Acadiana. As a reminder, watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Later on in the show, we'll talk about the playoff rankings. They do come out tonight. Where will LSU sit? Who takes the five spot? And how far does Ohio State fall? We'll get to that a little later on in the show. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, score $40 in vouchers to buy you pop gourmet popcorn for only $20. That's $40 in vouchers to a gourmet popcorn shop that has over 40 flavors, and you can get it all for just half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to score $40 in vouchers to buy you pop gourmet popcorn for only $20. We'll take a time out. Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast joins us next for a conversation previewing the Sunbelt Conference Championship and where the Cajuns may go from here. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. 35 after the hour, we're back here on Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It's time to talk a little Sunbelt football as they get set for the Sunbelt Conference Championship game this Saturday between Troy and Coastal Carolina. Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast joins us here on the game hotline. Noah, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Always enjoy uh, jumping on with you guys. So first things first, man, how was the Thanksgiving holiday? It was good. Spent some time uh, with some friends up here in the Greenville, South Carolina uh, area. Reset a little bit after a couple of Sunbelt Conference championships over the last several weeks. And uh, now I'm ready for uh, football season to kick into high gear. So let's start with that Sunbelt Championship game this Saturday, Troy and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina has had an interesting season. Um, Obviously, they're without arguably their best player in Grayson McCall. Uh, he is still questionable for Saturday's game. But, man, Troy has been so impressive under first-year head coach John Summerall. 
Yeah, Troy has been uh, – they've been the story of the Sun Belt this season. I mean, they're a team – they lose two out of their first three games, one to Old Miss, who was a very good team this year. Uh, and then you lose that heartbreaker to App State in week three on that Chase Bryce Hail Mary. It almost gets forgotten because it was so long ago. Uh, but since then, they've won nine games in a row. Uh, they're a feel-good story. And, you know, they don't win football games in a sexy manner. Like, they are a grind-out defensive team. Their run game is coming around here late in the season. Uh, they're a fun football team, but like I said, they're not going to do it in a manner that is that is overly sexy. Now, you know, a lot of people are upset, would be a, a good word to use, with James Madison, or, or not with James Madison, but the story behind James Madison, how they cannot compete in the Sunbelt Championship, although they finished first in the West, I mean, first in the East, Obviously, you know, there, there's rules in place, but did, did the NCAA make a mistake here? I don't think so. I mean, I think the, the rules are archaic to some extent, and I think that they probably need to change in this new NCAA model. Um, I think those rules were in place for programs that weren't much like James Madison. James Madison has been an FBS-level program for years. You can't win at the highest level of the FCS without high-level talent. They've been recruiting FBS talent for years. Um, so, you know, I understand the frustration up there. I think I'll maybe take the Jamie Chadwell approach a little bit more here of the rules, the rule. I think from the Sunbelt perspective, it would have been better to see them play in this championship game. Like, I think everyone would love to have seen that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the rules are in place. Uh, James Madison knew what the rules were coming into the year. But good on them. They had an outstanding season. They've been a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is going to be a Dukes team that Sunbelt fans are going to be looking up at for a long time to come. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, you know, you brought up the Jamie Chadwell approach. Of course, Jamie Chadwell is going to say the rule is the rule. He benefited from the rule. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we talked uh, – we actually had an interview with him uh, this morning. We're dropping a podcast episode uh, tomorrow highlighting Coastal Carolina, and we talked with him a little bit, uh, you know, about that. And, you know, he was as resilient as ever. His team deserves to be in this game. Uh, they have played very well this year. You look at the 47-7 to loss last week, and I think that that game is tremendously different uh, if Grayson McCall plays in that game. Um, but, you know, I am very questionable on if Grayson's going to go. I, I went into this week thinking there's no way he misses this game. He'll play in some manner, but – I'm not as confident right now going into this matchup, and if he doesn't play, I think it's going to be really hard for Coastal Carolina to challenge Troy in this game. Before we get to previewing the matchup, you know, you brought up Coastal in your interview with Jamie Chadwell. Coastal has been, you know, such an interesting story with with the way Chadwell has taken over that program. And the first couple of years, you know, they they obviously went through some growing pains, but since you know, really since 2020. Uh, Coastal Carolina has been a much different football team. Yeah, and it was fun to talk with him because we asked him, you know, just about the culture around that program. I mean, if you're a Sunbelt football fan, you've probably seen the videos of, you know, cutting uh, heads off of stuffed animals in the locker room and Joey Chestnut with eating contests. And, you know, he said a lot of what they had to do early on in this program was build an identity. He said a lot of the antics that we saw from them early on was because they didn't have any rivals in the league and they wanted to try to create those, and they've done that. Um, but what they've been able to do over the last three seasons, I mean, they've won more football games than you know most every other team in college football with the exception of Georgia and Alabama. 
Uh, they have built something special in Conway, and I think that that is going to be a, a very good football program for years to come. Chat with Noah Frary. Before we get too deep into this Sunbelt preview, I, I, I got to ask, give me your thoughts on the United States moving on out of the into the round of 16. Well, if you're on Twitter this afternoon, you probably saw I tweeted out I was watching the game. Uh, great to see Christian Pulisic score today. Uh, big goal for the U.S. I remember, you know, watching U.S. soccer, you know, years ago when they were in the World Cup. Uh, obviously, they didn't make it last time. Uh, but I think that's huge. Now there's some injury concerns uh, going into their game against the Netherlands on Saturday. I can tell you that I'm probably not going to watch that game because I'm going to be so keyed in on Sunday football on Saturday. Now, you know, let's preview the matchup. Troy's had a great year like we talked about earlier. Carlton Marshall now holds the record for the most tackles in a career. And then you you go, we talked about Coastal Carolina and the run that they've been on. You know, what stands out to you about this matchup? Maybe an X factor or two. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think for Troy, what really stands out is how much better their run game has gotten as the season has gone on. This is a team that in their first three games of the year didn't rush for 100 yards. Uh, But then since then and during this nine-game winning streak, they've ran for over 100 yards in eight of those games. They're obviously 8-0. And then these last two weeks, they've put on a clinic. uh, Kamani Vidal over 250 yards on the ground um, in, in these last two games. So. I think Troy's run game is going to be a huge aspect of this. We also spoke with John Summerall. We'll have an interview coming out with him on on Friday. Uh, But he talked about how they needed to find a little bit more of a balance between that run game and the offense. So I think watch out for maybe them to get that offense involved or from the passing perspective early on in this game, maybe look for some some chunk plays, some big shots. Um, And I think that that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, their defense has been the X factor this year, and it will be again a very veteran unit, and, I mean, it was funny. We also talked with Carlton Marshall, and, you know, we I asked him the question at the end of the interview. I said, would you rather play in a game where you win by 30 or a game that it's 3-5? to five? And he says, this defense loves playing tight games. So uh, I thought that was a great answer. And then, you know, Coastal Carolina, obviously the elephant in the room is Grayson McCall's health status. Like I said, I'm not sure he's going to go, and if he doesn't, uh, Jared Guest and Bryce Carpenter are going to have to step up. Um, I think, again, for Coastal Carolina, their defense has been good. They've been really good on third downs this year. They're the second best in the league, just under 44% on those conversions. And in order to do that, they need to get good running plays early on on first and second down. They've got one of the best stables of running backs in this league. Uh, so I think that's something to pay attention to if you're Coastal Carolina. Now, looking at the conference as a whole, seven bowl-eligible teams, six tie-in spots. You know, how's the Sun Belt and the bowl committee gonna gonna navigate that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the tie-ins are guarantees for bowl games. But um, you know, we didn't even reach. I think the number was eighty-two this year, and we only are at seventy-nine right now before Buffalo plays uh, on Friday night. Uh, so there's definitely going to be bowl spots. Um, you'll see the Sun Belt teams in the tie-in games and then expect them to see them, you know, in another game. I think, you know, one of those could be like an Independence Bowl, and I know your listeners care about Louisiana. That might be an interesting spot for the Raging Cajuns to play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Sun Belt's going to be just fine. I mean, you mentioned the seven bowl teams. There was nine teams in this league this year that had over six wins. App State obviously gets the two FCS wins, so they're not – going to a bowl and then James Madison. But what a year it's been for the Sun Belt. And the sad thing is they haven't gotten a lot of national attention. They don't have a single team ranked inside the top 25 right now. 
You know, you brought up the Cajuns. Obviously, the, the Independence Bowl is a conversation considering they have had representation from the Independence Bowl at two uh, Cajuns games recently. Obviously, the New Orleans Bowl is always going to be in conversation considering how well the Cajuns travel there. What other bowls are you maybe looking at as, as a possibility for the Cajuns? Yeah, I don't see the New Orleans Bowl being an option because that tends to be, I think what you'll see there is whoever wins this conference championship game has a really good chance at playing in the New Orleans Bowl this year, that R&L Carriers Bowl. Um, so, I, you know, I really have that Independence Bowl circled for Louisiana. It won't surprise me. You know, I've heard rumblings of a Birmingham Bowl, the Camellia Bowl. So I think the good thing is for Louisiana, probably any of the games that they're going to get placed in are going to be close to the Lafayette, which would allow, uh, obviously, fans to travel in for the game, which which would be huge. Noah Frary joining us for a conversation about the Sun Belt Conference. Noah, quickly before you run, who wins on Saturday? Oh, who wins on Saturday? Man, I think uh, it all comes down to if Grayson McCall plays. Um, but if if I was a betting man right now, looking at the odds lines, uh, I would probably be taking Troy in this matchup. They've been the more complete team this year, and you know the old saying goes, "Defense wins championships." And if we're matching up these two defenses, or really any other defense in the conference, uh, Troy has been the gold standard this year. Noah Frary, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Talk to you soon. And there he goes, Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast. The Troy-Coastal Carolina game going to be fantastic. Uh, again, he, he, he's spot on. The The X factor is, will Grayson McCall suit up and play in this game? He's missed the last three weeks for the Chanticleers, and uh, he is what makes that system go. So if he, if he plays, I think Coastal wins it. If he doesn't, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious that, that the, Troy, the Trojans – can run away with it with a solid performance in that one. If you are looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Take a time out. Wrap up hour number one. After this, James and I will talk some fantasy football for you here on this triumphant Tuesday edition of Crunch Time. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the SEC West champ LSU Tigers and the world champion. Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Miguel's weird. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 4.50 right now on the clock as we wrap up our number one. Let's talk about some fantasy football right now. Looking at the Crunch Time League. Look at Matt. 2-10. 2-10. I'm back, baby. It feels like this was like your highest point total of the season. I know oh, it's it was, not. It was up there. I know it's not, but it was definitely up there. It's certainly up there. Um, hey, man. Just happy to be back in the win column. <laughs> Secure... <laughs> Also, 
H-Town is 2 and 10. Hey, I'm still in second to last place, and that's all I'm worried about at this point. He beat Rob. What? He, he beat Rob by 2. What? Yeah. He must he must be checking his lineup now that now that uh Well, neither of them Well, neither over. of them scored very high, but Jalen Hurts did carry that team for him. No, never mind. He's not checking his lineup. He still has, o- say, he still has he Odell still has- Beckham list- listed. And he's still wow. got Albert O. Wow. Rob just had a bad game. Rob? Wow. Will Lutz, minus one. That's tough. Guy sucks. <laughs> sucks. He's absolutely horrible. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still sitting in, in 13th place. Congrats. Good, good, old, good old sucky McSuck face. Are you, are you shooting for the toilet bowl crown? I feel like you should. I mean, obviously that that's a trophy to put on the shelf. It's a Nobel Prize. It's a Nobel Prize. It is not a Nobel Prize, but it is a Nobel Prize. Yes. Big difference. Um, it's, one one is really good, and one is mm, poopy. Yeah, no. Um, but however, let's talk about not for the easily offended because oh, uh, you want to you want to get to that you, one so fast, your boy. Your boy is eleven and one. Eleven and one. I'm fifth in the league in points for. I'm first in the league in points allowed. I've got Pat Mahomes. I'm gonna have to find a new starting running back now that Elijah Mitchell's out for the next eight weeks again. Tony Pollard, Chris Olave, Travis Kelsey, Justin Tucker. I mean, I just have a Squad. You know it, and yet you only put up like one fifteen a week, and that's all I need to do. It really is. That's all I need to do. Because I did the math. You average one fourteen. I think you only give up a hundred and two a game. If a team wins a Super Bowl, averaging nineteen points a game, are you going to sit there and go, "Oh well, I don't know if their Super Bowl is very valid. They didn't score a whole lot. No, they won a Super Bowl." Doesn't matter how much you score, it just matters how many dubs you get, baby. Eleven and one. Read it and weep. James, who was one of those eleven? Oh yeah. You! You lost because you're a loser. It's crazy, because I I am I have scored the most points. And I'm still <laughs> and in yet, fourth. And yet you're in fourth place in the league. Get wrecked. Loser. Loser. <laughs> and then, you know, your, your Dynasty League, you're just... Oh, that's a tank league. You're just struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for that first overall pick. Poor guy's just struggling. Well, considering Clyde had fell off a cliff, I knew he would. Uh, I had to trade Zeke. I got David Montgomery pretty much out of it. Um, <laughs> Jamar Chase has been out for a while. I traded Marquise Brown because he was out after, like, week four. And then Michael Pittman had uh, Sam Ellinger for the most part and had Frank Reich still as a coach. So he wasn't getting – even though he was okay with Frank Reich, it just it was a bad stretch. And then Kyle Pitts. Oh, Kyle Pitts. I guess I'm playing Isaiah Pacheco now at running back. You might have to. I mean, I'm looking at my Canal Street Chronicles team. That's really all I've got left. Looking, looking back at the Crunch Time League, though. Oof. Uh, it's that was what that one was interesting. I'm struggling. Who I got next week? 
Who do I who do I play? I play it. Oh, battle of last place teams. I've got H Town Wheelhouse this week. This is where Oof. you this is where you this is where you secure yourself. I might I might I might need to we might need to have Brett on the show so we can we can we can talk a little smack. Cause you're gonna side with me, right? Or are you gonna side with him? Because you're always against me. You're never on my side. Even when we're supposed to be friends and a partnership and whatever, you're never on my side. It'd be funny to see H Town still. Yeah, you know it, it would be, but, wouldn't it? But you know, but you know, you talking smack that will remind him. Oh yeah, I forgot I have a fantasy team. I win that. I win that. So game. then he'll actually set his lineup. I win that game last night, and he go. James goes in the group chat. Man, I'll never understand Matt's luck. The guy's always wanting me to lose. You're never you on put my a side. A you are game. No, you are not happy about my success. So you know what, James? Shame on you. I hope you make it all the way to the championship game to face me and lose again. Because I will never, and I repeat, never let you live it down. <laughs> Ever. Uh. God. If you were putting up 135-140 game, it'd be more respectable. The fact that I'm 11-1 and one and first in the league is not respectable to you? Not when you're putting up 115. Okay. And okay. I'll remember that. You're middle of the pack in scoring, and you've had... I'm fifth! It's middle of the pack. That's upper middle of the pack. It's a 12-man league. Exactly. I put the first four, then the middle four, and then the last four. It's in tiers. You're in the tier two category. I mean, damn, that that makes sense. I guess, (laughs) but still, I'm still fifth. I'm above the average line. You are slightly above average, and I'm first in points in points allowed. Yeah, I know. So, and that's what's most annoying. Five, one, level it out. That's three, and I'm in first place in the league. So that's. Pretty solid. Just saying. Buddy. This guy. Other other than two weeks. Get a get a load of this guy. Other than two weeks of people of me putting up 120 and then Pierce putting up 147, everyone else has scored 110 or less. Exactly. It's so annoying. Exactly. They're scared of me. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We're going to talk college football with Brendan Moore right here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. On this Tuesday edition, right here on the game, Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. In hour number one, we talked about the U.S. advancing to the round of 16, taking down Iran one to nothing. James, your Saturday is planned out for you. You ready for this? Wake up at 8.59. Wake up at 8.59. At 9 a.m., the Netherlands play the U.S. Correct. At 11, you have the Big 12 title game. Yes. At 3, you have the SEC championship game and the AAC championship game featuring Tulane. Double screen that up. Absolutely. And then at 7 o'clock, you got the Big 10 and ACC title games. Every time slot, 
You He's got, filled. You got something to do. So here's the plan. I'm gonna sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Got my got my screens going. Mm-hmm. Don't bother me. Don't text me. Don't bother me. Don't call me. Don't tweet at I'm a, me. I'm gonna plug in. A, I'm gonna plug in a mini fridge next to my recliner. I'm gonna stock it. Don't talk to me. I'm gonna run a catheter to the, to the bathroom. I, I won't have to get up for 12 hours. It's gonna be great. Line has been jumped. Oh, I learned a lesson from you. Look at that. 706-0111 is the game hotline. As a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast stadium 32.3 and channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Yesterday, Brian Kelly met with the media following their loss to AM, now looking ahead to the SEC championship game against Georgia. And he provided an update on quarterback Jaden Daniels. Yeah, so he's been evaluated. He's in a walking boot. Uh you know, we'll keep him in that boot today, and then tomorrow he'll go in for his exam. And really, this is about, you know, strength. Um, you know, he'll go on the Alter G today, so he'll run uh, with no, obviously, uh, force and keep him conditioned even through today, which is a weight training and film study day. And then uh, tomorrow he'll go through a manual exam where uh, effectively he's got to be able to get up on his toes. You know, if he's able to do that, um, then we're ready. Isn't it crazy to think that there are treadmills that that for that have no force on your body? Like, how, how does that even work? Science. I, I guess that's above my pay grade. Like I just, to me, I, I can't comprehend how you can run on a treadmill and it not put force and, and pressure on your ligaments. I just, it, it makes very little sense to me um but again bro in zero gravity right like who 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 just floats around in space that's weird um (laughs) anyways you know obviously they're they're coming up in the sec championship game playing georgia but this where it gets interesting is the early signing period starts december 21st i believe it is or the 18th so, you know, playing this late into December, obviously, you know, LSU is used to playing bowl games in late December, early January, but right now would normally be the period where you start reaching out to those early signees and, and, and whatnot and making sure everything's squared away for early signing period. The question was to Brian Kelly, does playing in the conference championship game make the early signing period a little more difficult? No doubt. Um, there's no question about it. So, you know, our situation is different because, you know, most teams that are not playing in a championship game are out on the road recruiting today. And certainly we're preparing for the game. So, you know, we can't be out recruiting at this point. So you lose that opportunity. But recruits know that we're preparing for a championship game. So you, you gain that back on the other end. Um, next week is where it really gets interesting, right? So the transfer portal opens on the 5th. Um, you know, we've, we certainly, uh, you know, want to be able to recruit, uh, but we want to obviously. Brian Kelly also provided remarks on Georgia and the SEC championship game. Georgia's, again, proven themselves to be the best team, and we're excited about that challenge. Uh, we know it's going to be a, a tough challenge, but we're, we're certainly uh, 
up for um, this chance to um, to win the SEC. And that's what you play it for, and uh, I know our guys are excited about it. Um, again, it's a, an outstanding football team. You know, there's there's so many superlatives. You know, whether you go on offense and and talk about Stetson Bennett, or you go defensively and you talk about you know some of the biggest defensive linemen and most active linebackers with Johnson and, and certainly uh, inside with um, Carter and Beal. This is just a well-coached. You know, looking at, at the matchup between LSU and Georgia, LSU holds a lead in the all-time matchup, 18-13, to 13, with one tie. Um, the largest margin of victory for the Tigers is a 47-7 to 7 victory in 1936 while the large margin of victory for the dogs is 45 to 16 in 2004 the last time these two teams played was in 2019 in the SEC championship game LSU taking down Georgia 37 to 10 you know the four of the matchups since 2000 have taken place in the SEC championship game between these two squads LSU winning three of the four in those games. And, and, you know, the the question that was presented to Brian Kelly, and it is an interesting one, is there anything that you can take away from the games against Georgia in the past? Not really. I mean, structure defensively is very similar. I mean, you know, certainly the, the personnel is different, but structure is the same. You, you, you know what you're going to get offensively. Um, they're a little bit different with Coach Monken. He's, you know, He's got a creative bend to him that's a little bit different than what they had in 17 and 19. Um, but, you know, there's, there's similarities there that, uh, you know, we take as a crossover more than anything else. And, again, this, is then, this, this then becomes, you know, how do you handle, like, you know, Brock Bowers? You know, how do you handle some of the matchup situations that, that you have to deal with? The quarterback is totally different. And... You know, I, I think, you know, structure is one thing in terms of knowing what the structure looks like. But then you have to game plan against individuals. So a, a our guy Ralph Bergeron sent me a article from, from a company called Alter G. And according to the article, they are the top creator of anti-gravity treadmills. And so, James, it's the same technology that NASA uses. It's the the DA. It's called DAP technologies. The differential air pressure, which which basically creates a gravity free sensation for your legs on the treadmill, which allows you to train and recover pain free. That is wild. I mean, yeah, let, let's run on a treadmill with an ankle injury and I won't feel a thing. That is nuts, man. I, I swear, the, 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 the way the technology has advanced throughout the years, I mean, I, I know that you and I are some young bucks, so it, it's got to be even weirder for the, the older people. But, I mean, like just to see how far technology's come in our lifetime. This is, this is witchcraft. is wild. Wizardry. I, some Harry Potter voodoo going going on over here. So we, we didn't get to talk about it too much yesterday. Hugh Freeze has been hired as the head coach at Auburn. You know, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people 
Well, because here's the thing. A lot of people are angry because of his past with Ole Miss. People don't think that he deserves to have another job as high-profiled in the SEC as Auburn is. They don't feel like he's he's paid the price for, for what he did at Ole Miss. Look, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the, the nitty-gritty because, you know, we don't really need to, but I, I feel like everyone deserves a second chance, right? And I, obviously, you know, the, the things that went down at Ole Miss were, you know, wrong and, and incorrect and, and morally irresponsible. And I, I think he was punished for that. I mean, obviously, you know, getting fired from an SEC school is certainly, you know, not the way he envisioned that going down. Um, and, yeah, you know, he, he went to a high-profile school in Liberty and turned them into a major program. But, you know, again, I think everyone deserves a, a second opportunity. I think he has done enough to, you know, pay for the for the issues that, that he had while at Ole Miss. And look, here's the other thing. Now it's on Auburn. If issues come up with him again, that's Auburn's problem. You know, so I, I don't think that it's it's a huge deal. I, I think people are, are might might be looking into the past a little too much with him. And personally, I, I think Hugh Freeze is going to bring Auburn back to being in contention in the SEC West. Um, and obviously, you know, with, with guys like Cadillac Williams on staff, you, you'll do it even more. But look, Auburn, obviously Lane Kiffin was, was priority number one for them. He fell through. And now, you know, you just got to kind of got to reset. And, and Hugh Freeze was there and. Obviously, he was willing to get back into the SEC. He's going to be hungry. Uh, he's going to be a motivated head coach because he knows how quickly that it could lose. Um, what's interesting, though, is that a condition of his hiring at Auburn was that he would no longer use social media because that was part of the problem when he was at Ole Miss was there? there's rumors that he was DMing female subordinates from Ole Miss. And so multiple sources say Freeze has agreed to relinquish control of his social media accounts when he becomes the head coach at Auburn. The background check on Freeze was extensive, and the school hired a PR consultant to handle the expected blowback in bringing him aboard. They are jumping through tons of hoops to land Hugh Freeze as their head coach. Interesting. So basically they said, Hugh, we want you to coach here, but you can't tweet anymore. Stay off of Twitter. No Facebooking. No Instagramming. No sliding into DMs. No chat snapping. We we, we can't do that. Um no talk ticker. No no talk ticker. Oh my god. No none of that foolishness. Oh man. All right. You're you hear me? War Eagle. There it is. All right. If you're looking for a great Christmas gift, then make sure to check out AcadianaDeals.com. Today, score a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. That's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, head to AcadianaDeals.com today to get you a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. Take a time out here, and when we return, we'll talk basketball from the Pels 
to the Cajuns, to the Tigers, and more. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. James, I got a joke for you. How will Auburn find a coach? I heard there was a hiring freeze. <laughs> but uh, cha. Don't steal Raph's jokes. Hey man, I was gonna give him credit. God. God, can you believe this guy, Ralph? You're, you know what you, you know I just, it just clicked in my head what you are. I, it just clicked in my head what you are. I'm already a quote unquote a line jumper. Oh, and you, and you're still that. What are you gonna say, instigator? You are. Well, you're that too. You are uh-huh. the little brother that's like two years younger and is, is still, for some reason, so annoying and has to be right all the time. So, that's what you are. So, Clint? <laughs> he said it, not me. <laughs> CD, if you're listening, that wasn't me. That was him. Hey, we Oof. love you, Clint. But We do. We do. Any anytime you say something wrong, gotta be right. You he gotta be right. Immediately gets corrected. Oh, but that that's what you are. Don't take Ralph's jokes. Don't 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 steal Ralph's thunder. I was it. If you give me thirty seconds, I would have said it. But no, you have to step in and correct me and try to make it about you. It's not about me. Oh, but it is. It's just to paint you as it's the like, bad it's guy. Like, it's like Jimbo Fisher. Talking about how his players didn't make a bowl game, and he goes, "Well, I didn't make a bowl game either." Jimbo, you did you see that? No, I didn't hear about that. After the LSU game, a reporter asked him, "Well, you know, obviously it's a big win, but you guys are still going to fall short of a bowl game. You know, what's the, you know, what are your players thinking, feeling, blah 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 about missing a bowl game?" And and I don't remember exactly how the question was worded, but similar to that. And Jimbo goes, oh, well, it's the first time I'm not making a bowl game either. <laughs> Dude, so not about you right now. <laughs> but I didn't make it about me. I made it about you being the bad guy. The The storyline for Jimbo is that if he gets fired, he still gets paid $86.5 million. It is not about you right now. So leave it alone. But A&M is not going to fire him because there's only three years left on his deal. And... They're going to have a, a top recruiting class again. Uh, I, I don't see him. I, I think that went over LSU may have saved his job. If, if I'm being, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. So let's start with Cajuns women's basketball, getting a big 72 to 40 win over LSU Shreveport this morning in the annual education game, which is always a cool thing. That uh, the Gary Broadhead and his staff do for the the local schools of Acadiana, they they send their classes to the game kind of as a field trip, and uh, it's always a great opportunity. The stadiums, I mean, the Cajun Dome is usually full of you know little Acadiana elementary school kids, and it's always fun. Uh, so big big win for them. But yesterday, 
Gary Broadhead met with the media and he was asked, what have you learned so far about your team? Well, you know, uh, to me, I think it's trying to put them in a position to feel confident. You know, I think the confidence that I thought was there may not have been there when it comes to the offensive side, you know, because they were getting open looks and stuff. And we were trying different lineups, you know. We're actually trying to play two point guards at the same time. Uh, and, um, you know, and when we get to Denton, we kind of changed it up a little bit. And, you know, we started D. Rice, and then we had uh, Cherry Porter coming off the bench in that last game. And, boy, I think it helped her. You got to realize too, it's not just about offense. If you're Sherry Porter, you got to guard the best, best their best player. So you know you get a lot of energy. And if you never notice, we get to the three minute mark, we start pressing, and so now she's involved in that. Well, I thought in the Abilene Christian uh, game, we were able to not put her in the game until the three minute mark. She was fresher. She's at the point, which I think is a little bit easier to score from when you go inside out, and she got some open looks and. It looked like she was more confident. And we just got to build on all that, you know. Tamara Johnson shot the ball better, rebounded. I don't think she had double-doubles in that tournament. So, you know, just a lot of things that I knew were there that I think are kind of coming out. Now, can I, the whole trick to it is can we be consistent at it? Also issued an opening statement where he recapped their trip to Texas for the WNIT and the North Texas Thanksgiving tournament. I don't know. It seems like we've been in Texas all year, you know. I'm going to need my GPS system to find occasion, though. It's been, it seems it's been a long, uh, long November. Uh, but we're excited about being back. Uh, you know, WNIT was tough, man. I tell you what, I, it's like that Colorado team, I, I look at them doing really, really well. <laughs> there was no way to guard what they had, you know. So that was tough. Texas Tech playing back over here was a little bit better. You know, I think we struggled a little bit shooting, trying to find ourselves. Defense is still pretty good. I think, you know, we're still growing from it. But uh, it's just trying to find uh, uh, and get these kids a little bit more comfortable. Uh, Denton was better. You know, I thought we, uh, we did some things uh, a lot better, a little bit more consistent uh, at what we did. You know, uh, North Texas game was a really, really good game for us to be able to come back. You know, we, they scored 25 the first quarter and then, uh, that was it. You know, we kind of shut them down after that, and we were able to kind of get some scores. And, you know, we got some good play from Kyra Wren, which uh, was exciting. And, uh, you know, Tamara Johnson's just being pretty consistent in what she's doing now. And I think they're all feeling pretty comfortable. Um, and as we go, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to improve. This is what I mean. So Ralph posted the joke on Twitter. Very funny, you know, all this stuff. James comments, can't believe people like, and then he tags me, stealing other people's thunder. So I respond with the Michael Scott gif that goes, I'm sorry, what? Like saying, I don't steal people's thunder. How could you say that? Like, excuse me, kind of thing. James goes, you read the tweet, did you not? Of course I read the tweet, <laughs> James. That's obvious. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. You have to be technicality and, you know, down to the nitty-gritty correctness and ah, you're the annoying little brother that just doesn't stop. It's so easy to piss you off. It, it, it really is. It's so easy. I, I have anger management issues. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hide that. Like, I don't even have to try. I could just type that and, and it pisses you off. I, I've and taken, it's, so, it's so funny. I've taken anger management classes three times and they haven't really worked. No. Um, Did you get a refund? 
<laughs> Funny. Um, I know. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Going back to the Cajuns, Bob Marlin also met with the media yesterday, and he had a recap of their last week, including a big win over SMU. Good week last week. We started off with the game at SMU. It's always good to go beat an American school on the road and, and, and pick up a check. So we played well, beat a good basketball team, and then went on to Drake where we played a better basketball team. And we had some things go against us in the first half. One was our inability to put the ball in the basket. And then a few calls went against us. We had a little adversity, got in foul trouble, fell behind. Uh, and then with 54 seconds to go, we're about to get the ball back down four, and we give up a layup to their best player. Um, but disappointing loss, but we learned a lot about our team this, this past week. And we're focused on Loyola tomorrow night. So, Bob Marlin also shared, you know, what did he learn from their first loss of the season against Drake on Saturday? Just it was a conference type game, a road game. I mean, they're receiving votes in the AP Top 25. They'll receive more after their win over us. Uh, they've got a, an older team. Uh, just like Loyola does. And, but it was like a conference road game, and it, it's one where we've got to respond better. We had a, had a chance at the end, and we didn't make a couple of plays we needed to make. I mean, one for 14 from three in the first half. Second half, we were, what, three for nine, but we shot 63% from the field in the second half. So we went from 23 to 63. And, uh, but we lost the game in the first half. It was our poor offense, and it was the worst half we'd had offensively all year. Ralph hit us up just now. It's okay, guys. I don't have a copyright on my jokes. Utility patent pending, but it's all good. On Highway 90, about to pass through Generet. Pray for me. That man's funny. That man is funny. James, you, you, you picked up on what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's making fun of me of the ticket that I got a couple months ago. <laughs> that, that man's funny. Um, speaking of, He keeps of, receipts. Speaking of tweets, here's here's one. How to fix soccer. The field is huge. Shrink it. There's too many players on the field. Limit to three forwards, two defenders, and a goalie. Players should get to come in and out whenever they want. Don't stop the game. Shrink the goal. Put ice. Why not expand the goal? More goals. Do you, do you, do you, you don't get it, do you? You're just like cutting everything in half. Because no. you, sh- you shrunk the field. The, 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 the guy's saying turn soccer into hockey. <laughs> Shrink the goals, put ice everywhere. Oh, he said put ice. I didn't hear five, that part. Five players come and go as they want to. Yeah. He, he, he's switch, saying, switch the ball for a puck. Because, I mean, when you, when you think about it. Get some it, sticks. When you think about it, hockey, hockey and soccer are very similar. It's a very similar concept. It is. Um, so, you have a goalie, defenders, and then right. you have attackers and guys uh, in the middle. That's that's actually really funny. How to fix soccer, turn it into hockey. Anyways, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns will play in the Cajun Dome tonight against the Wolfpack of Loyola, New Orleans. This game is intriguing because... This 
Loyola team is coming in fresh off of a NAIA national championship. Now, granted, Stacey Hollowell is not there anymore as their head coach. But, you know, this is this is a group that is still 7-1 so far on the season. They played two exhibition games this year against Southeastern and Southern Miss. Lost to Southeastern by 18, lost to Southern Miss by 24. Their top scorer coming in averaging 18 and a half a game in Jalen Galloway. So they, they've got scores. Um, the Cajuns have fared pretty well against this group. Uh, if you look back to 2019, the Cajuns won 95 to 67 against the Wolfpack. So interested to see how that game plays out tonight. Once again, 7 o'clock at the Cajun Dome. LSU, the Lady Tigers will host Southeastern tonight at the PMAC, 7 o'clock as well. LSU, you ready for this, James? LSU is a 40-point favorite in this contest uh, with a over-under of 135. Um, so what, what, what are we thinking, like 100 to 35? 80 to 55? That's what I was thinking. 80 to 55? No, I was I was thinking more 90 90 to 45. 90 50. 90 50. So Maybe maybe like 93.50. There you go. Oh, so that's the over and the spread. Uh-oh. Yeah. James is getting risky over here. Risque. Okay. There there you go jumping lines again. It's uh, not even jumping the line. Nice win by the Pelicans last night taking down Oklahoma City Thunder 105. To 101, Zion getting 23 points on 11 of 18 shooting, while Shea Gilgis Alexander poured in 31 for the Thunder. That, on, that guy's been different this year. He's on my fantasy team. That guy has been different. He is third in the league in scoring, averaging 31.1 points per game. He's eighth in the league in rebounds at right under five. And then he is sixth in the league in plus minus per game. It's really incredible what what Shea has been able to do. And, you know, it's crazy because you watch him in the NBA. He's been in the league since 2018. James, he's still only 24 years old. He's blossoming. It's... He started, he started to really turn it up last year and he had his he had his time to get used to the NBA and mm-hmm. like now I'm hitting my prime. Let's roll. Like that's insane to think about. That he is only 24 years and just turned 24 back in July. So still a young 24, might I add on on that one. Uh, the World Cup is back, and you can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette, free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Sudden Link Channel 137. Catch thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. We'll take a timeout. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network joins us next. We'll have a conversation previewing the college football conference championship games this weekend and what his thoughts are on the playoff right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on the hair a long time and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. 
Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So I'm not going to ask Brendan to publicly admit it, but he knows I've got better hair than you do, James. It's okay. 39 after the hour. Welcome back to crunch time. It's time to preview the six conference championship games on the slate for this weekend. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network joins us. Brendan, what's going on, man? How are you? Man, I am feeling patriotic today. I don't know about you guys, but huge 1-0 win for uh, for the U.S. team. So I'm feeling feeling good today. All right, you jumped into it. Let's talk about it. Uh, man, Captain America delivered, didn't he? Uh, he is so clutch, uh, Christian Pulisic, in, in the uh, big moments. I remember World Cup qualifying against Panama. He scored a hat trick, I believe. He's just so clutch. I mean, he'll be ready for Saturday. I'm not worried about him. I mean, hopefully he's all right. So, man, I'm excited for Saturday. We got football. We got World Cup. Man, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And yeah. also, quick comment on the hair thing. Send me a picture of James's hair. Send me a picture of your hair. Next time I, I, I come on, I'll judge. I'll tell you who has better hair. Uh-oh. All right. That, that, that's a deal. That's a deal. All right. So, be- before we get into the football, because there's a lot to talk about, I got to ask you, man, how was your, how was your Thanksgiving holiday? Uh, it was pretty good, and I mean, Thanksgiving for me is up there, one of the top holidays. There's nothing better than football, family, food, friends. I mean, nothing to complain about. Good, good. Glad to hear it. All right, so let's start. We'll we'll go in chronological order. Let's start with the Pac-12 title game Friday night, Utah-USC. Now, you know, Utah hasn't had quite the year that, that maybe some people would have expected. I mean, I know they're still 14 in the playoff poll, but... You know, nine and three obviously suffered that season opening loss to Florida, and everything's kind of just kind of gone down from there. However, they have played USC once already, and they got the 43 to 42 victory. Do you think that plays into anything Friday night? I mean, it's always hard to, to, uh, to beat a good team twice in the same season. So, I mean, Utah, USC, they've seen each other before. I mean, Utah, you said, you mentioned their maybe disappointing season. 9 3 still really good. I mean, that Florida loss, I think, kind of hurt them because they had to go flawless the rest of the way. They thought they played all right against Oregon. Uh, close loss there. But, you know, I don't, I think the matchup's obviously interesting here. This is a game that I'm looking forward to probably the most along with the Big 12 championship game this weekend. I think USC is going to win this one. I think they'll get them back from their trip to Salt Lake City. I mean, that game was decided, you know, by a thread. So, I like USC. I think Caleb Williams brings an interesting, uh, I guess, an interesting point of view into this game. He can run. He can pass. He can scramble. He's got a strong arm. Can throw the ball downfield. You know, he's not anymore. He's matured a little bit. He's not just chucking the ball downfield blindly like he was last year with Oklahoma. So, I think Caleb Williams is definitely an X factor here. Also, the running back position. I was surprised uh, with uh, Austin Jones's performance last Saturday. Uh, stepping in for uh, the injured uh, Travis Dye. So USC, I think, is going to pull this one out. And then, you know, you get to Saturday, Big 12 title game, looking at Kansas State, TCU. TCU is going to have to stay perfect if they want to get into the college football playoff. You know, what are your what are your thoughts on this game? Can Kansas State play upset here? I think they can, yeah. I mean, we saw last game against TCU uh, – for Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, I believe, started that game, got injured. Will Howard came in. I mean, he was all right, but Will Howard now more playing experience with the injured Martinez, gotten into a flow of things. 
uh, as of late. So, you know, I'm Kansas State winning here wouldn't be a big upset to me. I think the point spread's like under three points, so it's going to be a tight game. I think this is going to be the game of the day, actually, on uh, Saturday. Even if TCU loses, in my opinion, the Horn Frogs have done enough where they're a lock for the playoff, in my opinion, even if they're 12-1 and one and don't win the Big 12. This team has done enough. They've beaten Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, Baylor. So, I mean, TCU to me has done enough. The Big 12 this year is a gauntlet compared to or relative to previous Big 12 conference years. I know it's not a gauntlet compared to maybe the SEC, but compared to the past, this Big 12 conference this year is good enough where TCU doesn't have to win on Saturday, and I still think they're going to be in. All right, let's go to the American now. Everybody's everybody's gung ho about the green wave of Tulane sitting at ten and two. UCF, you know they they've been a good program the last couple of years. Still really good at nine and three under Gus Malzahn. Uh, UCF has a win over the green wave already this year. Uh, how does how does that affect Willie Fritz and his club? You know, this is a similar situation to the Pac-12 championship game because UCF and Tulane already played this year. UCF went into New Orleans, won that game uh, on the road there. So it's I'm interested to see how maybe the really, the Willie Fritz situation affects Tulane. Obviously, Willie Fritz is staying with Tulane. He was linked kind of to that Georgia Tech job, but it looks like that's Brent Keyes, who was the interim now, probably the new head coach there. So I'd be interested to see how that affects Tulane. I don't think it really will. But Michael Pratt, the quarterback for uh, Tulane, is a guy to watch out for. thought he played well against Cincinnati. But Ty J. Spears is a guy that needs to get going against UCF. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Look for Spears. If Tulane's going to win this game, I think Spears is going to have to have a big day, 150 yards plus probably. Looking at the two night matchups, Clemson-UNC in the ACC title game, you know, DJU – is having a a decent year, kind of fell off a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Cade Klubnick stepped in at at one point. You know, if you're DJU, I've heard some rumors about maybe transferring out at the end of the season. You know, where where do you stand on that? And can Clemson beat UNC? Yeah, the, the transfer rumors, that's for him to decide. I mean, I think he's good enough to play at Clemson. Is he good enough to start at Clemson? I don't think so. I think this is Cade's job next year. It should be. I mean, I'm, I think Dabble Sweeney's a pretty smart guy, and if he's watching the same football games I am, then he should realize that Cade Klubnick is the better quarterback than DJU. So I'd like to see uh, Cade Klubnick on Saturday. We'll see what happens. North Carolina's kind of... Uh, on a, they're on a two-game losing streak. Drake May struggled a little bit over the past few games against a good defense in NC State. Clemson has a really good defense, one of the best in the nation. So, to me, if DJU plays, I think Carolina can really compete in this game. If Klubnik plays, I like Clemson by probably one or two possessions here. And then the Big Ten game, Purdue-Michigan. You know, th- This game just has Michigan written all over it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, spreads were like 16, 17 points. I don't think that's even high enough. I think Michigan's they're playing their best ball right now. We saw that last week. For, I think they won 45-23 against Ohio State. Obviously, they pulled away in the end. That game was closer than maybe what the score what the score said. So, But Michigan, they're a really good football team. Ohio State uh, tried to stop the run. They did all right in the first half, stopping the run. But, I mean, J.J. McCarthy just exposed them over the top. But this is Michigan's a complete football team. I don't really see a weakness on their roster as what Purdue needs to 
uh, how Purdue can beat them. I, I mean, I guess offensively, I mean, attack them through the air. And O'Connell's a decent quarterback. I just don't see a way in which Purdue pulls this game out. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, this, I just don't see it. I think Michigan rolls in this one pretty easily. And then the last one, the one that our listeners are most concerned with, it's the SEC title game, Georgia, LSU, LSU bouncing, trying to bounce back after that loss to A&M over the weekend. Georgia, you know, 12-0, and take, taking out pretty much everybody in their path. But there was a couple of games this year that, that they struggled a little bit. Kentucky, Missouri, even Kent State for a little while. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this matchup, and can the Tigers get a win? I think it'll be closer than what people expect, especially in maybe the first half, first three quarters. I mean, Georgia even struggled to score points against Georgia Tech in the first quarter and a half or so before they really turned it on. They ended up just destroying the Yellow Jackets in the end, but they struggled to score early on. You know, the defense is obviously really good for Georgia, but Jane Daniels kind of brings that, uh, that dual threat ability with, uh, at the LSU quarterback position. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against this Georgia defense. So to me, I think this is going to be closer than what Vegas says. I'd take LSU plus 17.5. I actually think that spread will keep going up. So if you're going to bet that, I think wait a little bit. But I think LSU keeps this close. I think they're going to have a better week than last week. Obviously, just a bad loss at Texas A&M. Obviously, tough environment, but just still a bad loss. Can't lose the four-win team there. But I think this is going to be a close game. I really do. I think LSU is going to give Georgia a challenge. But Georgia, in the end, will pull it away. And then lastly, if your picks happen, give me your four playoff teams. Uh, well, since I said I think Georgia, Michigan are locks, I think they both win championship Saturday. Michigan destroys Purdue. Georgia wins, but LSU will keep it a little close than what people think. So those two are locks, Georgia and Michigan. I also said TCU is a lock. But I may pick Kansas State to win that game. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm leaning towards the Wildcats right now to uh, get revenge on TCU, so but I still think TCU is a lock. So Georgia, Michigan, TCU, that fourth team. I have USC winning this weekend, so give me USC as that fourth team. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network joining us. Brendan, appreciate your insight, man. Have a great week. Enjoy Championship Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having me on again. Brendan Moore, once again, of the Sideline Sports Network. We'll take a time out, wrap up today's show right after this, right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So the other night... When the Grizzlies played the Pels, Matt McMahon went down to the game to see his former player, Ja Morant. He gifted Ja Morant a number 12 LSU jersey with Morant on the back of it. Savagery? Awesomeness? A little bit of both? Which, 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 one, we, which one we lean in with? Because that's impressive. That's pretty solid. That's gangsta. Um... Also, you know, uh, I saw this this tweet during the break, and it was a conversation of going back to old mock drafts for the Saints. 
And this is the mock draft that one of the Canal Street Chronicles writers that, that I that I work with. Um, this was his mock draft from 2018. Patrick Mahomes, Tredavious White, Alvin Kamara in the second round, Chris Godwin, Trey Hendrickson, Aaron Jones, Taysom Hill. If that would have panned out, and granted, a couple of them did. You ended up with Kamara, you ended up with Hendrickson, you ended up with Trey with Taysom Hill. However, just the, undrafted. The other picks, if those would have panned out, how many Super Bowls would that squad have won? Two? Gotta be two. Could you imagine a backfield with Kamara and Aaron Jones? And then Patrick Mahomes throwing to Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas? Ball, 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 ball. That would be a squad. Want to take this opportunity to thank our guest, Mr. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network, as well as Mr. Noah Frary for joining us today, talking a lot of college football, as well as the United States moving on in the World Cup. For James Mesh, it's your main man, Matt Miguez, reminding you to be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same station. It's Who Dat Wednesday with Brendan Ertle, and obviously we're, we're going to bring you some more killer guests right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tiger Rag is up next.